I'm so excited about this time with you today. It's an opportunity to refocus our attention on the God we just sung about. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the excitement of the music and the lyrics because they're very powerful. But when we leave here today, what do we do with it? And so I want to share with you today a new teaching series that is designed to help us all, myself included. In fact, oftentimes when I begin to minister, God ministers to me in a deeper way. It's not just to deliver a message, but to share with you what God is also ministering to me. I want to talk about letting yourself be. It may sound a little strange, but it'll be more clear in a few moments. You know, the one of the most powerful truths we can gain and understand as Christians is to understand who God has created us to be. This truth is key to everything that God wants to do in our lives, to begin to understand who we are as a Christian, who we are in Christ, what we have, what we can do. It's about your identity. You see, we live in a world of confusion, even, in fact, increasing confusion. And oftentimes, we pick up our identity over time because we expose the various things. We like this, we like that. But also, life happens in our lives, and our identity begins to conform to our experience. But the truth is, our experience is not always, in fact, almost for sure, all of our experience is not the purpose of God. If your parents weren't there, uh, you were abused, uh, you were not treated as, a, as a, a child that has potential, uh, your family may have favored someone else and not you, teachers may not have treated you right, all this molds how we identify ourselves. I'm not smart enough, maybe a little timid, because it hurt before when you raised your hand to volunteer for the school play and you weren't picked for the third year in a row. It's things like that that mold us in our identity. And then we become Christians. And then what happens is that if we don't learn how to tap into our God-given identity, then we're Christians, but we also have other things in our life that kind of define who we are. And we end up settling, and I like to say stuck, but God does not want you to settle or to be stuck. You know, with things going on in the world like it's going on now, we need to go back to the word, which I'll be sharing with you today. I'm thinking about Psalms. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Lord God, you are with me. It's verses like that that remind us, not just sounds good, but let it get into our heart. No matter death all around us, destruction around us, we see it on television, burning up houses and around the world and the demonstration and the murders and death is around us. But when you walk with God, we're not hating on anybody else. We should be part of the solution for our society ills. But for our house, our house, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And it's important that we understand that we can be a solution. We can live our life with our families and yet embrace our identity in Christ, which is the key to living a more wonderful life that God has in store for every one of his children. So just please follow today because what I'm going to share with you will provide some powerful insight in Scripture. Maybe some you've read before and you didn't see this before, but it's been there and an opportunity to go further in your walk with Christ. I would like for, to begin with 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's a very notable passage that many Christians know and you believe, and that's appropriately. So, but I want to go a little deeper, if you would. Let's look at this a little closer. It says here, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I'm reading out of the King James Version. I want to get some clarity on that one. 
If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So you're brand new. You're born again. Your spirit is made new. As soon as you receive Christ, your spirit is brand new. And then it says, old things are passed away. Those things of old passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, what he's talking about specifically is our spirit man. He's not talking about our body, how we look. <laughs> if you had a gold tooth right here before you got saved, you got a gold tooth the day after you got saved. If you're five feet six and a half before you got saved, you're five feet six and a half the day after you got saved. Are you following me? You see, he's talking about the spirit man that's automatically new. Now, this is important because we're now in Christ and Christ is in us. Yes. And everything God has placed in us reflects this new man. And what we have to learn to do is learn what that new man, or what new man is in Christ and what he or she can do, who you are. This is key. And you have to allow it to happen. This is the key why I say let yourself be. Now, when I look at this verse and I studied over the years, in fact, I recall it was 1995. I'm on the tarmac in Germany on my way to Moscow, Russia for a ministry trip to speak to business people. The walls began to come down and began to open up more to international, in particular, uh, U.S. travelers. And I was privileged to go with another Christian business friend of mine, Jose Pasqua, to minister to the fourth largest bank uh, in Russia. We're doing training for them in the area of business and marketing. And so I'm on the tarmac reading my Bible, waiting for my plane to take off. And I came across this verse. And then I saw something that I never saw before I want to share with you. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, when I looked at it a little closer, I noticed there was a a letter reference to the margin of my Bible. And it had insight into the original Greek language in which the New Testament was written from and translated into English. It says in the original Greek manuscript where it says, if any man be in Christ, it really means it should be read, let him be. If any man be in Christ, let him be a new creature. I'll say it again. If any man be in Christ, you receive Christ in your life. Now you're born again. You're on your way to heaven. You have a first class ticket to heaven to be to live forever with the Lord God. But right now we're on earth. And he's telling us we have to let ourselves be. Now, what are you saying? Am I, am I new or not? Yes, you're new on the inside, but we have to let it manifest on the outside. Yes. Well, let me explain. You know, there's a a project at your office where you work, your company, and they need some people to work on this project, and uh, it may require some technology skills, um, and you're a little soft in that area, not as confident as you would like. And so they're looking for some volunteers, and uh, somebody recommends you, maybe your boss recommends you, and you turn it down. Why would you turn it down? Well, it's not far away. You can do it, but you, your confidence level wasn't strong. You turn it down. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not as good as those other people on, on the team, and I, 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 don't, I won't be a part. What causes you to not go forward and turn down a good opportunity? Guess what? You've been praying to God about more money and about more responsibility and move up in the company. Here's your opportunity, but you won't let yourself do that. And it's all the way you see yourself. Yeah. It's things like that, unfortunately. And we call it, that's the way I am. No, that's the way you become. And we hold on to it in our thinking and our attitude that limits what God wants to do through us, pull out who he is inside of us to reflect who he is inside of us in the world we live in. And our mind and our thinking from our experiences tell us, I can't do that. I won't do good. And you accept that truth over the truth of what God says about you. You have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Even if you have to learn some more information, you can do it. It may, be, it may not come easy. You can do it. 
I was a math major in college. I didn't do well in math in high school. I really didn't do well. I did okay, but it wasn't my favorite uh, subject. But somehow when I got to UCLA, I decided I wanted to become a math major. And it was hard. I was always in the TA's office talking to the professor and so forth. But I became a Christian in my first year as, as a Christian uh, in college. And so I received Christ, and I began to go to a good church that taught about the Bible. In particular, one of the messages that really impacted me in 1973 was who I am in Christ. It changed my life. So where I was timid, I said, I can do this. So I did put in the work. I got the tutors, talked to the professor, reviewed my lesson, and I started seeing my grades go up. I started doing better. So I ended up majoring in applied mathematics. In fact, I didn't like some of the other classes they had in mathematics, and I wanted more applied. I wanted math classes in science, as well as in sociology and psychology, engineering. I didn't want just pure mathematics in its own. I wanted to see how it's applied to other disciplines. Guess what? UCLA at that time did not have an applied mathematics major. Because I was born again and being taught about who I was in Christ, I was taught that I'm a world overcomer. I got an obstacle, so I'm trying to figure out how to overcome this. Making a long story short, I went to the math department. They said, get your professor to sponsor you. His name was Pastor DeSapio. And then I had another professor to sponsor me and put together, and I established my own major. I, probably was, I was the first one at UCLA, maybe the only one today, I don't know, that got a degree in applied mathematics. And I ended up writing, a, helped write a textbook with Pastor De, Professor DeSapio on calculus from a boy that wasn't doing well with mathematics and algebra in high school. What changed? The way I saw myself. I want to minister to you. I could have had a mental block and had to maintain the mental block I had as a young boy in high school. I can't do it. It's too hard. I'm not good at math. But when I learned that what I say and what I believe determines my life outcomes, I start thinking differently and speaking differently and believing differently that I have the mind of Christ. It's not pep talk. It's truth. And we have to talk about speaking truth to power. Speak truth to yourself. Speak truth to yourself. And if we don't speak truth, we're going to end up living life the way we evolved in our natural life. As you know, I work with a lot of people in this church over the years, for 30 years. I've seen a lot. I've seen a thing or two, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. And not, I'm not suggesting I'm perfect. I've arrived, talked to my family, my wife. I'm, have not, I'm not perfect, but I'm becoming better and better and becoming more and more like Jesus, like you are and will become more as well. But I've seen some things. And I see how some people just limit themselves. They carry on these, this baggage. So they're reluctant to go into new relationships because they had a lot of bad ones. What it takes is truth of God's word. It's one thing to have a nice pep talk, to go to a nice motivational speaker and so forth. That's nice, but that's not necessarily truth. Some of it is based on biblical principles. But when you let the word of God, as God defines who you are, it breaks the yokes. It breaks the bondages that keep us in and bondage in our lives. And guess what? We do it to ourselves. Really, there's a lot of, we can take the limits off, my friend. And especially now, where most people are concerned about the, you know, about the, the pandemic and concerned about what's going on and what we can do, what we can't do. So they feel like I'm, I'm kind of limited. No, you determine what you can do, my friend. You can do stuff virtual. You can go outside if you want to. Put on your mask, you know, put your mask on. Okay, you can do that. Have your social distancing. You can be free. I'm living free, my friend. My wife and I, we're living free. We plan to travel out of state, end of the month. Yeah, it's powerful. See, you got to begin to see yourself as God sees you. You know, yeah, you can do things and, and take precautions. I'm always taking precautions. Put my seatbelt on, but I'm not afraid to drive, my friend. Come on. I take precautions. But I, I'm about my father's business. And not just me, so many in this church, so many Christians in the world. But there are some have limits. Maybe some of you have made good progress in your life. Good progress. But there's still some things still holding us back. I want to talk to you as well. And let's share a word of encouragement. Myself, I began to examine myself in this area. 
you know, had strengthened my love walk. And in particular, about understanding and, 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 and begin to look at people with more empathy. Let me see it this way. With empathy, because I wasn't doing it before so much. <laughs> Which means, let me see, my, see, put myself in their shoes to understand their situation. And I began to reflect on a, a, a minister that shared many years ago that got my attention, and it's so biblical. There was a minister that he was kind of complaining about, a lot of people complaining about because he wasn't living right, doing some things. Good preacher, but, you know, he wasn't representing. So people were talking about it. And, you know, and you think, like, you should do better. I mean, he's a leader and all that. And so God checked him and administered to me. He said, who are you to judge another man's servant? He got, what? I mean, he's messing up, God. And then he said this. What makes you think you would do any better if you had the same background, the same life experience than what he's dealing with? That's why he's drinking a lot, coming to preach, got, got, got liquor on his breath. He got issues that he hasn't addressed. It's been hard for him. But too often we don't have empathy. Yes. Yes. And that, isn't that what God did in sending his son, Jesus? God came down to the earth because he wanted to see life in the world from our perspective, empathy. So for me, Bishop Ed, I said I, gotta, I want to start understanding, not just judging. They should do better. I want to help them and also understand. So if they step back and they're this and that, try to understand what, why they're that way. Are you following me? And help them move forward. That's huge. And that's what the world needs. That's what's going on now in our political environment. Nobody, nobody's listening to one another. Both sides, three sides, whatever the sides are. We are. I got my side. I got my perspective. You may be right. No problem. But if you thought about the young person that's having difficulty in the inner cities, and they're seeing people get shot, and that's just one aspect, not counting that jobs aren't there, not counting that, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity. The school ed- education is, is, is below what it should be. Not counting that a lot of the 60% or more of the young people don't finish college and drop out. Not counting that. Yeah. Now we focus on people getting killed by the police. I get it. But there's more to it than that. And people are angry. Have you ever thought about seeing it from their perspective or from our white brother's perspective? Some of them don't get it as well. Some do. Some don't. You ought to do better. You did it to yourself. So-and-so, when he got killed, did he have drug in the system? <laughs> you know what? What does that have to do with anything? Does Jesus come say to you when you want to come to Christ, uh, what did you do last week? <laughs> no, he don't do that. He accepts you just as you are. He understands what you're dealing with. If anybody understands what you're dealing with, Jesus understands. Yes. And we should have that kind of loving empathy to others. So me, Bishop Ed, I said, I'm going to do better now in my life and start thinking differently and let myself be more empathetic. See, it was in me all, it was in me all along. <laughs> yeah, it was in me all along. But I wouldn't let myself. My thinking says, well, you know what? They, they ought to do better in various areas of their life. It may not be sin, but I try to, I try to get people to you know, do, achieve and so forth. And some aren't ready. And I'm thinking, what's wrong? Well, I don't understand the situation. I should talk. I should get to know them, help them, listen to them. And then I say, oh, okay. And then I can help them, you know, maybe I can help them another way. Are you following me? It takes time to be empathetic. It takes a listening ear. It's putting yourself in their environment. In fact, if you just, some people who are really concerned about, upset about what's going on in the ghettos or the urban areas, Drive through the areas day and do it again at nighttime. <clears throat> if you're concerned about it, have somebody drive with you and you'll see what people got to live with. Do you want your daughter living like that? In some of the communities that are struggling? Yeah. There's gangs there threatening people, killing people, drugs. It's easy to say you do it to yourself. Yeah, that's part of it, but it's not all of it, my friend. We're talking about letting ourselves be. So these are things that hinder people. They're gun-shy. I was a junior executive when I came out of business school, worked for a major company in Minneapolis. 
And I noticed some of the African-American uh, executives, junior executives like me, they always ate by themselves. They never went to the boss's gathering, his party at his house. <clears throat> they always kind of around other black people. That's their prerogative. But somehow I was communicating an image, you're not interested. And what they didn't understand, that, that people promote you to higher levels in this organization, no matter who you are, because they like you as a person. Well, they can't like you if you never get a chance to know them, like at lunch or go to their uh, dinner parties and maybe after, after work and so forth and, and talk a little bit and small chatter. Yeah. But if we have an issue and a chip on our shoulders, doors don't open. You wonder why the ceiling is still there. It's not that other folk got it. You can shatter it a long time ago if you saw yourself as God saw you. Now, I'm beginning to notice it there, right there, 1978. Yeah. I saw many African-American executives, were, they were fuming and how they weren't promoted fast enough, and they were like by themselves. They would not integrate into the broader culture of the company or the or our division. They were kind of loners. They had this chip on their shoulder. They would not let themselves be the person that was more friendly, more outgoing. When I came back to California, my boss was a, was a superstar. He did really well in this, in this new company. Some folk call him Uncle Tom because he played tennis with the white, with the white executives. Oh, listen to me. He, he'd go after, you know, after work and, 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 and go eat with them and, and, uh, and fellowship after, after work. Most blacks didn't do that. And guess what? He got promoted. He, he, he valued his African-American her heritage, but he would not, but he let himself be a friendly, outgoing person. So I learned from that. So when I, next company I worked for in Newport Beach, when the executives asked me to play tennis, I didn't know how to play tennis, but I went anyway. He liked tennis, so I, I, I'm out there hitting the ball. In fact, I almost got fired because I was hitting the ball so unorthodox, it was getting him off guard and he was messing up. He got mad at me. I said, we better stop right now. <laughs> I don't want to get myself fired, but we became friends. But I was able to integrate because I let myself be and get to know people and to get the chance to know me so we can have proper empathy and relationship. See, so, yeah, let's go back again. If any man be in Christ, let him be. Let him be that man in Christ, this new creature. And that new creature is already inside of you. You got to let him out. The overcomer is already inside of you. In fact, your homework assignment is to read Ephesians chapter 1 on your own. And I want to highlight a couple areas that would be very helpful for you. Um, because it outlines that you are beloved in Ephesians chapter 1. You're chosen. You're forgiven. That's who you are. Maybe your stepmom or stepdad would, would not forgive you. Maybe your own biological dad or mom would not forgive you. Maybe your brother and sister. And you're carrying that weight today. And you won't let yourself move forward because of those kind of things somehow show up. Satan makes sure they show up to hinder you. And what you have to do is have a response to it. Talk to the hand, devil. I'm no longer that. I may, I've experienced rejection but no, 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 I'm accepted in the beloved. Yes. See, when you begin to accept, you got an answer. Yeah, that's what God's word tells us. Have an answer of your hope in God. Well, what's the, where's the answer? In the word. But you got to believe it. It's not just pep talk. So as a young Christian in 1973, when I got saved, as a college student, I was all in. I said, God, I like your style. <laughs> I'm the head and not the tail. I love it. I'm above only, not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. That kind of insight, I needed it because I, I, I was never five, I was never six feet five. I was never 200 pounds. I was never the fastest one on the, foot, on the track team and the biggest one and, and, and most touchdowns on the, on the football team. I played B football and I ran B track. I started off running C track. But the little guy. Okay, I was happy to play. But things begin to happen, things like that, and things, you know, I mean, I got a beautiful wife today, but in high school, you know, I, I didn't have all the pretty girls like other guys had. 
And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm not acceptable. You know how, how it happens. I had his issues. Growing up, not didn't like the black, dark skin, nappy hair. That was particularly important until the 60s occurred. And I started realizing, I started saying, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Can't change it. I'm going to love this. Because God made me this way. I'm going to love what he loves. And so what happened, I began to, when I found out who I was in Christ, it changed everything. I'm not hating on nobody else. They should love themselves like God made them too. And I began to, I, be, I got free. But I'm still growing, like I mentioned earlier, about the area of empathy. I want to be a better person. I really do. I really do. Because Jesus had compassion on the multitude. He came down. He was moved with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses. He related to us. He experienced our empathy for us, my friend. He wasn't just up in heaven. (laughs) Come on. On his throne, God said, I need a man to go down there. He just just said, Father, I'll go. Prepare me a body. Yes. Here I am. Send me. See, when we begin to relate to people more deeply, and always be careful before we don't know them, to judge them. Yes, they could be doing this or doing that, but you don't know their circumstances, their situation. And then we can love them to a better way. And one way is exposing them, even Christians, to who they are as God has made them. They're that whether they're acting like it or not. You're that whether you experience it or not. It's by definition who you are. All you got to do is believe it and accept it and walk it out. And I'm a living witness. And so many in this church are living witness of walking it out because they decided to see themselves as God sees them. Amen. Take the limits off. Repeat this after me. I will. Take the limits off. Say it again. I will. Take the limits off. Yeah. Do you know one of the ways people in the music area make a lot of the money? They write music. They can be old, still getting rolled in. Why not if you're an instrumentalist, singer, write music? Well, I'm not good at that. That's today. But it's in you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let it come out of you. See, you, we put limits because you haven't done it before or, you know, you're not a poet or whatever. Just become a worshiper from the inside and let, as God gives you something, begin to write it down. Get somebody to help you put all the chords and all that stuff together. But it's your lyrics, your song. Yes. Take the limits off. Say, I will. Take the limits off. Or become just a one gig only. Well, you can have more coming in because, see, all that is, is opportunity, my friend. But you got to think of yourself. Otherwise, I'm older, I've done what I love to do, but I need more money. You could have had more money if you've done things differently earlier and saw yourself differently and having other streams of income, sharing your gift and learning more gifts. I want to help somebody today. Yes. Myself included. Let me just go on. By the way, we have communion. I'm going to share with you in a few minutes. And uh, I want to let you know, God called me to teach the scriptures. That's why I'm teaching the way I do, why I love teaching, but also to minister healing to people. I'm anointed to minister healing to people. And so I want you to understand that even though it may not be physical, you need healing, but you need spiritual healing. In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus came off his 40-day fast to enter into his earthly ministry, one of the first things he talked about, that he was anointed to heal the broken hearts. And the, and the way we think that hinders us and limits us even to not to believe what the Bible says about us. Because some of what I said about you, what the Bible says, you are, some of y'all know, but somehow you don't believe it because you're not acting like it. And it's a broken heart. Your spirit needs to be healed. So as we take communion in a moment, you have an opportunity to receive your healing. It goes deeper in your heart from experience. I had to learn to appreciate, and I'm glad I'm working with these young people who've been in foster care 
some of the trauma. We heard one just, just yesterday. My wife and I had dinner with, one, with a young lady. It's something. God had no idea the depths of the pain. The good news, she began to tap into God's power, and God began to speak to her, and she began to move on in life. Now she's doing very, very well in her life. See, because it took a, it took a realization of who she was in Christ. The abuse, the rejection, the trouble she got herself, got herself in. It, it, you know, she could say, I'm just, my life was messed up. But then she started talking about how God intervened because she began to look at herself as, as God's child. And God began to do miracles. And we're going to show you an example in a few minutes. Miracles in her life. Blocking things and open doors. As a, as a young 18-year-old, she was in trouble, serious trouble, facing a felony. Somehow they said, we're going to let that go. God did that. Expunged her record. Powerful. Came out of nowhere. I mean, in her mind, but she realized it was God. See, when you begin to understand who you are, God is just waiting to get you aligned with who you are. Too often we blame God. Oh, God, what, why, why? I'm waiting so long. He's waiting on us to believe who we are and find out who we are. Ephesians chapter 1 is a good place to begin. But there's a lot more in there, though. And the Bible says, see, sometimes what part of the problem we come to Christ, we hear the sermons, and we just add on, add on, and don't put away. The Bible tells us, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice, be not first, and then be. Yeah, yeah. Stop being mean. Stop being ugly. Stop, being, stop putting yourself down and be this. If you want to be this and keep putting yourself down, keep thinking limitations, then that don't mix too well. And that's where a lot of, too many people are. They haven't put off. They're trying to put on. You see a person here in a hot day, they have put off, and they, they, got all, they got all four or five layers of clothes for the last three weeks. Come on. If, if we see ourselves sometimes, we, we're still allowing stuff to stay on us, and we're putting on, and that's confusion. Yeah. Paul, Paul said in the church right in the Corinth, he says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. When he became a man, he had already put away. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get this today. Yeah. And Ephesians talked about putting off the old man, put on the new. Yes. I got to put off first before I put on. I got to realize that's not me. I'm going to stop doing it. And now I receive who I am in Christ. And then God begins to move forward. Now your heart is healed. You just look up one day. It's not a problem no more. The devil stops bringing it up because you're, you're, you're so far away. You got, you got a new mindset. He's trying something else now. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Identity is huge. It was so huge, it was the issue that how Satan tempted Eve. Had God said, if you eat of this tree, you'd be like God? Well, she should have said, I'm already like God. <laughs> Made in his image. Why well, I got to prove myself to you, devil? But she didn't do that, and she felt she took the bait. Jesus was tempted by the devil during the fast, 40-day fast. If you be the son of God, twice. And he responded with the word, with an answer. But if you don't know much of it, you believe the Bible, you know some of it, but not enough about it in particular as it applies to your identity. You're not, you, you thought you're not good enough. You know, where you look, maybe gains the weight, you're too skinny, too tall, too short, got lips. Well, you know what? When I decided, God, you know what, I'm going to set me as I am. I'll make improvements, but I'm not going to trip it behind stuff I can't change. My, my outward appearance. I'm, I'm going to love me because you love me. Yeah. Amen. Let's go on. Let's talk about this lady. If you go, to, go to Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to weave into, after this, into communion, and we'll finish up with healing. He's already beginning to heal, my friend. I believe many of you are getting this. I'm going to minister on this whole topic this month. Next week, I'm going to give another example. It's powerful. And it's the same verses we often read and study, but I'm gonna, I want to show you in the light of identity. It is the biggest problem for people on earth. Satan comes to steal your identity or get it twisted. 
Even, so you got saved, now you can't stop him going to heaven. So he tried to get us to be limited, be self-limited. We're talking about let yourself be. Be what? Who God created you to be. Yeah, do it in your lane, your career, your area, your gifting, but be who you are. Be who you are, who God created you to be. This lady uh, was a, is a woman who for 12 years had a bleeding condition. I like talking about her a lot. I like this woman. And she went to many doctors, spent all that she had, and grew worse. Now, you know she had attitude. Come on. She had attitude, issues. Can you imagine spending, no, there was no medical insurance those days. She had to spend money. And the doctors kept having to come back, spend more money, probably knowing I can't help this lady. I'm going to take her money, though. And she probably recognized it. And then she got worse. She had a bleeding. She was hemorrhaging. God. For 12 years. That's over a decade, my friend. That's a long time to suffer. And then the Bible says she heard about Jesus. Let me kind of summarize and get to the point. What did she hear? In fact, you can read about it in Mark chapter 5 and also Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 3, verse 10, and Mark chapter 6, verse 56. You can read about it. What she heard was written in Scripture. It talks about, as many will come to touching, the oppressing, the touching, as many as touching, got healed. That wasn't just her idea. She heard about it already. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So she heard about it, but that's not the clincher. We're talking about identity. And so she came in the press. If you read further, in Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 25 to 27, it's about this lady. She came and pressed her because she heard. So she could have stood at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She could have been at the back of the line. <laughs> There's a crowd. I, I can't get in. There's too many people. I got here too late. But she began to recognize something about herself. I'm going to show you in a moment. Yes, yes. That, that got her. Excuse me, sir. Go to the front of the line. When's the last time you got to a place, it was back of the line, and you walked to the front of the line? Ask my wife. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I told the person in the front, uh, I got something else I got to do. Can I, can I be next? Nine times out of ten, they said, don't tell nobody, yes. You know what? In fact, when my wife and I were going someplace, it was a long line, and, and they had, it's at a hotel, uh, and so there's a long line of check-in, social distancing and all that, and I got in line, and I needed to go to a Zoom call, and it was, the time was, was, was getting close, and I got to get to the, get my room and, and look it on Zoom. So I went to the, what they call the concierge desk. Normally, they don't check people in. I don't know if they can do it. Guess what? I went over there. Is there any way I can get help in this area? I can check you in. I said, look at God. <laughs> and so I got checked in, got my little thing. I'm walking by in a couple. I said, I asked to, change, to, to, take, to hold my spot. I said, bye-bye. I'm good. See, too often we settle. Yes, come on, man. Come on, my friend. Stop settling. Now, if you don't mind standing in line two hours or whatever, it's okay. I had something to do. I had a schedule. That's why so many things work out for me. I'm not perfect, but I, it's how I see myself. I'm not looking down at nobody else. I'm looking at me and God. I'm reflecting him. Yes. When Jesus saw those people and his disciples saying, send them away. You know, they, we could be out to eat lunch. And, you know, they're hungry, and they've been out in three days, and they're looking at my food. He said, no, I'm not going to send them away hungry. I got compassion on them. Oh, yes. I got empathy. I know what it is to be hungry. Sit down. Give me what you got, little boy's lunch. And he fed thousands, and he had food afterwards, leftover. Who does that but God when you know who you are? Because you're based on what you can do. Is based on who lives inside of you. Yes. It's not pep talk. It's not this thinking positive. It is the word of God. 
I trust you're getting this. And so what happened, she went and touched Jesus. He felt the power of the anointing, virtue, anointing, go out of his body. He said, who touched me? The disciple says, everybody's touching you, Jesus. Bishop Asperger. I mean, everybody's touching you, Jesus. What are we talking about, man? I put the man piece in there. He said, no, somebody touched me. See, some folk are touching. See how it works. Your faith, now you don't really believe it. I'm going to try that. No, no, they probably need a healing too. But they're not touching with, with determination that they have a right to it. Reason why I know this lady had a right? He just said this to her. Daughter, your faith have made you whole. I thought thinking, I read that so many times. I'm saying, she's called daughter. Wait a minute. Daughter? Daughter. Daughter. Yes, daughter. Daughter of Abraham. Healing belongs to me. <laughs> As a daughter of Abraham. Read about in Deuteronomy, especially chapter 28, the blessings of Abraham. It goes to his children. And she says, I'm a daughter. So when she heard about Jesus and who he was, she said, wait a minute, I waste all my money with these doctors ain't, ain't taking care of me. I'm still bleeding today. But you know what? I'm a daughter of Abraham. I have a right to healing. I'm not standing in the back of the line. I'm coming close. Why? I'm getting my healing today. I'm going to act like it belongs to me. And so my faith reflected that. If you think you got to obey God, hope you have time for me, God. No. You don't have to be, I'm not saying being nasty. No. Being rude, disrespectful. Just be bold. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. You belong there. This is your God, your Father. He wants you to come to him and know what you want. Yes, 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 yes. So because she recognized she was a daughter, that's what drove her. With a hemorrhaging still, still bleeding. How do I know she's still bleeding? Because as soon as she got healed, notice it didn't take all day. It didn't take six months, six hours. Immediately the hemorrhaging stopped. Oh, yeah. God wants to do stuff. When you begin to walk in who you are, oh, God. You begin to accept who you are, God is just waiting for you to be who you are because he works through us. And he's limiting and working through us. We got this stuff from real life experiences. Yes, we can justify it, but it ain't good. It's not who you really are. And it limits you and limits God working through you. So, I partake of communion. I trust you have your elements there. If you have bread, crackers, that'll work. <laughs> Water, that'll work. This is all about honoring the Lord. Yes, my friend. As we partake of the Lord's table, I want, I want you to prepare to receive your healing. First, the healing of your heart. Yes, the healing of your heart. The stuff that you've been, you've been, you've been in your heart for a long time. The stuff that you've been dealing with, the hurts, the pain. Some stuff you haven't talked about. Some stuff you don't talk, you don't, you don't, nobody may even know. Your closest friends. Yeah. But it's a pain. In fact, that's why you don't talk about it, because to talk about it and think about it and share it with other people it causes more pain, the memory of it. Maybe you have nightmares. I don't want to discount, my friend, but how you may be experiencing life at all. Don't, don't get that impression from me. I want to challenge you and encourage you. There's a way. There's a better life. And like this lady, she, have a, she had a, an awakening. I'm a daughter of Abraham. It belongs to me. The Bible in the Old Testament in particular talks about the daughters of Zion, the daughters of Zion, daughters of Abraham, daughters of Israel. Come on, my friend. She recognized I got a right. She identified with God. And that's why Jesus pointed out. Oftentimes he refers to women. You don't mention her name. He didn't mention her name. He says a woman or Mary. But he said daughter. Why did he say daughter? He wanted us to get the fact that it was her, it wasn't just her character, it was her identity. Yeah, as a daughter. When you're a daughter and a son, or a son, and you go to your parents that love you, 
You can ask for something very reasonable and you get it. No problem. Come on, my friend. How much more shall your heavenly Father give you what you ask for? That's the scripture, my friend. But if we have a life where people don't give to you, have not given to you, I get it. That's part of the experience. But that's why as you keep renewing your mind, putting off the old, decide I'm not, I'm not that anymore, and begin to meditate on the scriptures. Again, go back to Ephesians chapter 1. I'll check with you next week when we come back about how you come along with that. I would read it every day. Read it every day, the whole chapter, and pick out those words about I'm chosen, I'm beloved, I'm forgiven, and let it get into your heart. Focus on the ones that pertain to you the most. Maybe it's the forgiven one. Maybe it's the chosen verse. I don't know, but all of it has application. So Jesus tells us for the time like this, when we take it on the first Sunday, communion. My body was broken. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of his peace, his pain on the cross was for us. It was done. It's done already. All we have to do is believe it and receive it. You're worthy by being a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian yet, you have an opportunity to become one in a moment. If you've served Christ before, received him, but you've been walking a different kind of way, right now, receive it and ask God to forgive you. <clears throat> he says here, <clears throat> excuse me, take the cracker, bread, whatever you have, break it and eat. And as you eat it, believe that you're healed, not just from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, but you're healed in your spirit from the pain, from the rejection, from the mean words, from the bad experiences. Your heart is healed. Just eat. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Heal my heart, Lord God. Heal my heart, Lord God. Thank you for healing my heart, Lord God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heal my heart, Lord God. Yes, yes, yes. Heal my heart, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Heal my heart, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Heal my heart, Lord God. Yes. He took the cup and said, this is the New Testament in my blood. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Let's drink. Let's take time, let's worship God. Let it, let us settle in, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord God. Yes, Lord God, we worship you, Lord God. Thank you for healing my heart, Lord God. Thank you for healing my mind, Lord God. Thank you for healing my body, Lord God. <clears throat> Thank you for healing my relationships, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. <clears throat> God wants to hear your relationships. But he can't heal the relationships the way he wants to do it unless he heals you in your heart. And part of being healed in your heart is having appropriate biblical view of your true identity. Yeah, yes. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Let the Lord minister to you, my friend. We love you, Lord. 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 Receive your healing, my friend. Just lift up your hands if you can and say, Lord, I will let your word bring healing to my heart. Yes, I receive it now, supernaturally.
in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your heart, in your mind, in your finances, in your relationships. Yes. You see yourself as chosen, as beloved, <laughs> as forgiven. Say, Lord, I, I receive it. Yes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See that in you. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. So my friend, if you had not yet received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a special opportunity right now to receive him. You may have received your healing because God is gracious to heal people who are not yet saved. I understand. But if you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, it belongs to you. You don't have to beg him anymore. You don't have to hope he hears you. He already said it. The ears of the Lord are open to the prayers of the righteous. Doesn't mean you have to do everything just right. What he means is that you're in right standing with God. <laughs> and you get right standing with God through Jesus Christ. Repeat after me. If you want to receive Christ or recommit your life to Christ, let's do it now. Dear Father God, repeat after me. Dear Father God, I come to you just as I am. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is now my Lord and Savior. Yes. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Father, for saving my soul. And I'll say thank you, Lord, for filling me with your Holy Spirit. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that in earnest, go online or check text and let us know that you receive Christ, my friend, today. Let us know. You can click on there, put, press on. I receive Christ a little in the, in the uh, online. Let us know. We want you to grow. Keep following us and you can grow in the word of God. Be blessed, my friend, and walk in your God-given identity. Love you.